Welcome everyone to the Pantheon of M. I am your host, Ray, and today we're looking at Season 2 of Cloak & Dagger. Uh, this is the first five episodes, and it takes place about three to four months after the events of the season finale. So a quick highlight, Tyrone is still a wanted man for a murder he didn't commit, but Tandy's life's turned around a little bit. She, after learning that her father was an abusive uh, husband, her and her mother has reconnected. Uh, they're seeking therapy together, uh, counseling, and it's working out for them. Uh, Father Delgado, after Tyrone touched him and was able to unlock his fears, we realized that there was a dark secret he was harboring, a death that he committed, and as such, he's lost his faith because not only has Tyrone is now a wanted man, uh, he, he questioned his own place in life and what he's done in his past that he had run away from. So he's taken to the bottle and has walked away from the church. Also, we see Bridget O'Reilly, Detective O'Reilly, what happened to her in the post-credit scenes because the last thing we see in the last few seconds of season one is her coming out of the swamp of Louisiana, a completely changed individual. But we don't know how much, but we find out the extent of what happened to her and how that's playing out in the new season. Uh, but enough about that. To get into the real psychology and understanding what's really going on, especially how the, the series, especially in season one, used a lot of dream interpretation, uh, we're going into a darker dimension this time, which kind of relies on your on your subconscious and what our, our in, internal conflicts about, both for Ty and Tandy and Detective O'Reilly. So with that, let's go to my partner, Evie, and get his thoughts. Uh so basically, give us your analysis of the first few episodes, because this is more, um, besides the pilot episode, this is very cerebral. Yeah, very. <laughs> <laughs> so let's break it down. So the first one, so it starts off not too bad, because we start off with the shadow self, where we have Detective Riley in Mayhem being, we find out what her story is. Yeah, we do. So we have like, her, it's like kind of like her id versus her, like her ego. Like, it's just mm -hmm. like her, 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 her emotional side, her rage. It's right. actually removed from her actual intellectual self, like her calm self, her yeah. rational self. Yeah. An actual physical separation of oneself. Yeah. Uh, and then the part where it's really kind of, which where it requires a, a deep analysis, which I have to ask you about, is when we go into the dark dimension. Okay. And you get a whole pile of things that go on. I mean, later on in the series, it, it, it kind of becomes something else in the reality world. But like in this, in this dreamlike state where it's nightmarish, uh, right. How how would you break it down from from beginning to end from watching the episode? Okay. Well, I guess because there are things I'm um, inside of um, uh, Tandy and what's the guy's name? Oh, Tyrone. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Tyrone. Mm -hmm. um, like they have to deal with stuff, uh, right. but they're not. Mm -hmm. So th so it's like their psyche mm -hmm. is kind of messed up right now okay until they kind of um deal with stuff in their childhood right yeah right you know um and and some of this stuff um like is based on myths uh, create in their minds mm -hmm. in order like to deal with stuff right or else they can't go forward yeah that's especially true in later episodes too when uh when she's being uh, coerced with a new villain that gets introduced later on yeah but uh, in in this one, uh, okay, there is a character <clears throat> like an avatar, if you will, that, that presents itself to Mayhem and to and to um, Tandy differently. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what would you what would you call that? What would you describe that? It's like um, in in literature that would be uh, you know like in Dante's Inferno that is your um, uh, Vir Virgil, your guide into the darkness. 
but like, but, but in terms of like just in that basic analysis, like, what is what? How do you interpret that thing? What is it in your mind? Your in your estimation? Well, I guess part of your psyche mm-hmm. is like um, uh, is just kind of split off from your normal self, right? And you have to deal with stuff, or else, or else a whole bunch of things can happen. You could go not or have like a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. So you have to deal uh, with all of, you know, um, with what you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, it's actually, you know, and your mind can play tricks on you or send you to places. Yes, they, they play with that even in season one when they were part where they were, they were invading each other's dreams. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that was a very heavy episode. Uh, this is not as he- it's not as heavy as that, but it is in on that level of being like just like playing with one's like interpretation of what they're looking, the reality, bending the reality. Yeah, exactly. So, what do you say about Record Star? Which I find it gets it gets played back later on, but in the dream sequence, in the nightmare sequence, it has a completely different not not spin, but it's a different interpretation. Um, because yeah. she she, re- she she sees her parents like the the actual she was there she was physically there at one point. In her life, where there was an abuse, and yeah. it deals with abuse. So, so spoil mm-hmm. those who don't know. There's a great deal of abuse uh, as one of the major themes in in, in this in this series, and mm-hmm. I think it tackles that pretty well. Like it, it really, without being violent, it, it tackles that theme: domestic abuse, um, uh, just abuse in general. Yeah, definitely. Uh, whether it's gaslighting somebody or just um, whether it's peer pressure or just bullying or just in, again your your parents or someone's close to you, you know. You know, they they handle abuse or attack or or uh, yeah, like she was almost attacking the season one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, very differently. Yeah. Um, but like in but on the records, like how do you how do you interpret that interpret? Like what is that? What does that say to you when you look at those records? Well, well, they're kind of like a storage space. So then maybe um, uh, you can figure out stuff. Right. And function in the real world at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then you can like put it away and then deal with take out another record which is something uh or you know it's like a stamp of something like that happens mm-hmm. but if you can't deal with it right now you could just put it back oh so is it, is it more like like compartmentalizing your 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 emotion that would, 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 i thought would, so yeah okay um so okay yeah. so never <laughs> about the psychology and all that, so let's get into this episode the actual series uh so what do you think of the first half of the series like in general just your overall thoughts I liked it actually. Mm-hmm. I liked it, you know, very cerebral. While it's getting to be cerebral, right? Um, second part, though, wow, there's a lot of action and a lot going on. Yeah, I think the first one is more like build up, like just get yeah. uh, those who those who saw this series. It's kind of like a quick recap, and then it's like, okay, let's 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 see how these guys are still broken and build from there. Exactly. And it's about redemption and not redemption. It's like it kind of goes through that that loop, that those cycles. I think the writing in this is really solid, and I think uh, the, whoever did the writing of this did some research in terms of sociology, yeah. uh, psychology, uh, just economics, just like a geopolitical economics of like Louisiana at the time too. And of course, you have your little voodoo and you have your little stuff like involved in this. But like, I think it's just it's a really good like melting pot of just different thoughts and ideas that make this thing different. Like from your traditional like, I think you know like Netflix has a very good theme with Daredevil and less the point like Iron Fist. But it has a really good theme of storytelling and action. 
This had some good action near the half, last half of it, but a really good, uh, serious tone of doing drama, you know. Yeah. And I thought that was good. This was actually supposed to be a Netflix series, but then they got switched over to uh, Freeform as the last minute. Uh, yeah, I know. First half, like from one to ten, how would you rate this one? Um, the first half. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'd say maybe like a seven or eight. I I liked it. I yeah, I liked this quite a bit. Yeah, I I give it like a I give it a seven, and I'm still coming off the high of seeing the the, the season finale of the first season. So it yeah. really picks up the action with uh, with the character Mayhem especially. I, I loved her character. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was really good. So now we get to the part we call a double feature. Uh, so uh, what would you consider this to be the double feature of this uh, first half of the series? Um, X Men actually, like the very first one. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the guy who actually disappears. He, he Nightcrawler, right? Nightcrawler, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, that's I see that. Doing his thing, kind mm-hmm. of like a copy almost. Right, right. You know, I you know which was great too, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, whole lot happening, and yeah, I, yeah, I feel um, just like in that sense, they they are alike. Right, right, right. You know? Uh, for me, this is a film from 1984. It's called Dreamscape with uh, Dennis Quaid and okay. Max von Sydow. Uh, this is where there's a, an attack on the president, but they go through this guy, Dennis Quaid's character, to get it. He has a gift to go into someone's dreams. Okay. And I think if you die in the dreams, you could die in real life, but that's like one of the tropes in it. But like, uh, because it deals with the, the psychosis, like your interpretations in dreams and mm-hmm. and trying to, like you know, in Inception, how they influence if you. If you go deep enough, you can influence someone's ideas. Right. Yeah. Uh, this has the same kind of connotation, but they're using it to weaponize it. But like, it's still going into someone's mind, where it's right. where, where your dreams and your nightmares and your realities are are intermeshed, you know, in your experiences. Right. And uh, it's kind of it's a little blurry, but it's a really cool concept. And it's one of the last few films of Kate Capshaw, Spielberg's wife's in it. It's a great introduction to uh, a film that deals with dreams, and it's very similar to this first half of the of this series. Yeah. So. Would you recommend this series to somebody to watch or to buy or to? Uh... Well, first of all, okay. would you recommend this series? First of all, it all depends. Um, mm-hmm. if they have um issues like themselves, or if they've been like abused or whatever. Right. I would not. That might just um, trigger them. You know. Yeah, because it really touches a nerve, like on yeah. a like on a, It doesn't. There's no levity. I don't. Yeah, there's no levity. There's le- no levity in this at all. Like it's really. On, uh, on on your pulse uh, throughout the series. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that's a good thing? Like, uh, for a series to be that way? Or, you know, like, because it, it's, like, okay, assuming the audience is, like, well-adjusted and it's, and it's just looking for the entertainment value of having a good drama, uh, do you think it's a worthwhile endeavor to view? Or do you think because it's a mixed bag, it's not, uh, it's, it's like a caution, they should have a cautionary like disclaimer in the beginning of it all at all times. Yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah, I think they should have a caution. Don't they in the start of the movie? They don't, do they? No. Uh, they just, you know, it's like viewers discretion is advised, but they okay. don't they don't break down the, the necessity of the disclaimer, like is it dramatic scenes or scenes right. of violence or suggestive violence, but they don't explain I don't think they carefully just put a disclaimer on like um, it's for those uh, having issues of like mental illness or depression or uh, anxiety. Uh, this really triggers those those um, those vectors. You know, like it, yeah, it's exactly. Um, so yeah, they should have a warning on them. 
Yeah. Well, at least I'm, hopefully they have it on the DVD or Blu-ray if it goes on to that. Thing. At least it explains it a little better. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen the Blu-ray yet. Uh, now, would you buy this, this series? Or? Yeah. Um, I liked it, personally. Yeah. But, you know, um, but, yeah, the person should should um, be careful, you know, if they do, because it might bring up some stuff from the past, yeah. which might bring up other stuff like cutting or mm-hmm. just, you know. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, I think this is great to have for, like, a sociology, like, class. Oh, definitely. Like, view this and then have a discussion uh, with students who are looking into this, like, looking at kids, people who are with certain issues, or just, like, just in general, just a general sociology or psychology, like, class 101. Oh, like, just sure. an idea, like, using this as, like, a footnote of psychology in this, which mm-hmm. I think is real, and it's weaved into a really good story. So I thought that was a, that in itself is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I wanted like to be a third season, but too bad. Yeah, really liked it. But anyway, uh, after watching this, do you? Because uh, I didn't know much about Cloak and Dagger personally, but after seeing this series, this kind of makes you want to. Does this make you want to uh, read the comic book or know more about the characters or the series? Like you were saying, you wanted to go on further. Yeah, What's... I wanted to know more background or whatever. Right. Although, though, like they did do a good job. Mm-hmm. I. It wanted me, or I made me want to just, you know, um, look at them deeper. Right, right. You know, like all the characters and what happened to Father when it was all done and everything. It was worth watching for me, I think. Well, thanks, Evie. Well, that concludes the show. I want to thank you for tuning in. And towards a bonus, we're asking you to join us. Uh, we're asking you to send us an email at thepantheonofm at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts of any particular MCU Phase 3 movie. We're going to be doing a review of the Phase 3 coming in January. Uh, we're looking at your, just give us a paragraph or a sentence, just re- your thoughts of any particular film of Phase 3, whether it's Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming or Far From Home, Doctor Strange, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, anything and everything from Phase 3, just any particular film. You can, And send us as many emails as you want, the more the merrier. Uh, if you send us like 14 emails, we will be, well, it's only like five or six movies, but like, you get it. The more we get, the more we appreciate it. And we'll acknowledge you and maybe read out your email on our audio portion of the podcast. Uh, we can't do it on the YouTube channel, not enough time, but we have plenty of time to go into deep uh, discussion and bring you aboard and have hearing your thoughts of the films that we're about to review. Also, yeah, speaking of more emails, we'll also be reviewing Marvel's uh, Netflix uh, TV series. We'll be reviewing both the series and the season. So, season one of Daredevil, or season one or two, one and two of like Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Defenders, all those shows. So, if you want, we'll just do a, a really generalized review of each individual season. So, we invite you to send us an email of any season in particular of uh, Marvel series. We appreciate that. We'll include that. That'll be coming up, I think, in the first or second week of January we'll definitely be reviewing I think Jessica Jones season one so I look forward to hearing your thoughts and again we'll be acknowledging you and and, and reading your paragraph or sentence on your thoughts of uh, anything and everything that you've uh, get provided us the idea is just really to get to hear your thoughts it's just that we want to get our Pantheon family together and not just our voice but we want to hear your voices but we like to talk about the things that we love which is movies and in this time of where things are 
a little bit of a frenzy. It's good to relax and have something in common, like-minded things to discuss. And that's what, what we want. And we're not looking for a Patreon. We're not looking for any donations or, or anything like that. We just want to hear your thoughts contributing to a collective idea that is our Joy Films. And, uh, and by hitting subscribe, hitting thumbs up, we get to hear get our voices out there and maybe get more more comments and more, uh, more ideas uh, passed around. Because my thoughts are limited. I understand that. I agree. And But I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Whether you like the film, especially if you hate a movie or hate a series. For instance, Iron Fist. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to give a negative review on possibly season two of Iron Fist, maybe season one, or I might be giving a really positive review. Uh, in any event, I would love to hear your thoughts too. Disagree, agree, it's okay, because it's part of us uh, coming together and discussing about films, films that we love and appreciate. So on behalf of Evie and myself, I want to say thank you. Uh, again, send us an email at thepantheonofm at gmail.com. Let us know your name, where you come from, and then just a little blurb of like where, what you want to say about the film. Uh, we love to say if it's, oh, it's Mary from Toronto or Jackson from uh, Perth, uh, you know, Perth, Australia. We'd love to hear and find out where you're coming from and who's listening to us. Uh, it's great to hear and give a shout. We'll definitely give a shout out to who you are, and we appreciate that as well. So, again, on behalf of Evie and myself, I'm going way too long. We will see you next week with Season 2, the conclusion of Cloak and Dagger. Take care. I suppose the best place to start is with a story. A story of a girl who looks like an angel and a boy who moves like a shadow. That sounds crazy. There are things that I can do. Look who's been practicing. No, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I make knives of light. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'm assuring freedom like a boat. I'm making the city a better place. I know what you're gonna say. It's stupid and dangerous. What I was gonna say is why didn't you ask me to help? You and me saving the world. Running away from bullets. Risking your life. Put my family in danger. Tyro! They're coming for you! What do you do? Fight it. Man needs a blade for that. I'm lucky I have you. Me too.